0: That's it, it didn't go the required on the left. Emble was so clever, so good, and Murphy is it. What a goal, what a blues the young and the old together.
1: The ground and there it is, Paulson McGovern again! Oh yes!
0: This to give Carlton the lead. They're in front, the blue boys. Stopping and dropping. Pets gets in, and the table at the end is gone, and you can put down the glasses, it's an amigo, it's an amigo that'll finish it
2: off, kick it, Jeffrey, he does, Carlton along the way to Sydney. G'day Blue Baggers, and welcome to this week's edition of the Blues Footy Podcast. It's your host Jed Zetzer here, alongside my co-host Harrison Hyman's Bolt, tell you what, Great to get up today. Just had to win.
0: They yep. just had to get the four points and leave the area, and that's what they did. It wasn't pretty. It was exhausting on the couch today. It actually, I was, was exhausting. I was
2: getting really nervy after quarter time. They uh, were just chipping away north. They were just chipping yeah, away. Even in
0: the third quarter, when we actually got it back out to twenty-two points, and Martin missed a shocking set shot in the third quarter That put us twenty-six up, and it just slung shot up the other mm. end. They, we just couldn't, you know, finish. We actually just couldn't bury the game. And yeah, it, it was. It was. Look, they just had to win. They well, that had see to that
2: that's the difference between this team and the old Carlton because yeah. the old Carlton lose that every day of the week. Oh yeah, and look, if we would have lost, if that's today, played last year, we lose that game. If we would have
0: lost today's game, that would have been seven weeks of progress just in the bin. Exactly
2: three and five. That's not great. They no, had to win not. today. And now you know you're four and four. You could easily be five and three if you beat yep. Port last week. You know, you're going into Hawthorne, neutral venue, winnable game, and the season's looking a bit brighter.
0: Yeah, just got to get the job done again. Next week's very important.
2: Well, now it's time to introduce our very special guest for the day. He's an assistant editor, sports writer, and podcast host at ESPN. But most importantly, he's a blue bagger. Blue baggers, let's welcome to the show Matt Walsh. Matt, thank you for joining us today.
1: Um, not a problem, very very happy with that intro, it's good to hear that sort of read back to you every now and then when you're toiling away uh, doing what I do, so thank you very much.
2: No worries, well you're doing great things in the sports media landscape and as I said most importantly you're a blue bagger. Matt, what did you think of the game today and just how important was it to get the win?
1: Uh, oh, They had to find a way and they did um, basically. I think, I think it's the, the main thing that I sort of take out of that because uh, every man and his dog you know, Thursday night, Friday night going into the game, you just got to win it. You've just got to beat teams like North. You've got to show that you're better than parts of the competition and um, and this is one of those games where, where that had to happen. And, uh, look, you know, you get out to a, a five goal to one head start or whatever and you think things are going pretty well. But, look, teams are too good in the AFL, even if they are down the bottom of the ladder, to let you get away for, for more than, you know, that sort of period of time. You know, a quarter, that they can sort of claw things back or claw things even and... Um, and North sort of managed to do that, they put the clamps on, made a couple of um, structural changes that, that really worked for them, and, and we managed to just get the job done, and, and look, bank the four points, get on the plane to Perth, and, and get ready for the Hawks next week. So
0: and Exactly, that's what it was all about, banking the four points, and I think, the, the thing was at quarter time, I know it was five goals to one, but they missed two gimmies in the first quarter, mm. I think it was Goldstein missed from the top of the goal square, and then <clears throat> there was another one running in. I forgot which one it was, but there, there were two gimmies in the first quarter they missed. And, you know, if it's five goals... It was and a we, Zer, it was a Zerha? Yeah, and we got a gimme from Cunningham off the Jamie McMillan era. Yeah, yeah. So really, if it's four goals to three quarter time, if it wasn't for three complete blunders on their behalf, you know, the game is right there. So I think, you know, we were kind of lucky to get, you know, that kind of a head start. But that's where Carlson probably have to take the next step. It's burying games. Like, get genuine separation on the scoreboard. Because, you know, we couldn't really do it against, obviously, Geelong. We couldn't get those next two goals and really drag it out. So it's just, look, it's very picky, but I know. It's just, it made
2: for a tough afternoon. No, you're right. I mean, that is, I guess, the next step is then, you know, putting some separation on the scoreboard, putting the other team to the sword, as you mentioned before. So that is the next step. But I, I think it is right to acknowledge it. Carlson wouldn't have won this game in the last few years. This is a new outfit. This is—I mean—the old Carlson's not winning that today. The old Carlson's falling apart.
1: I think the, the biggest thing that we have shown this year is that look, we have been in a few close ones. I think five under seven points. We've won three out of them. Yeah. yeah and, and Robbie Gray's kicked—you know—arguably one of the, the best goals that he's kicked in his career uh, from a really tough spot on—you know—for a right-footer and after the siren. You know, if that, if that goes the other side of the right-hand goalpost, you're looking at having one. Four out of the five tight ones, with the only loss being to Melbourne, where they were down quite comfortably and came back pretty hard. And they'd be sitting at this stage, you know, Saturday afternoon, they'd be sitting third on the ladder. So, I mean, look, <laughs> it has been a perfect start to the season. But, you know, like I said in, in, in off the top, that you'd probably take this if you, if you were told that they'd be four and four at the start of the season. Like heading into a couple of games, the next three fixtures, Hawthorne, you think you'd win that one. It's kind of like North. You've just got to win these games. West Coast is going to be tough, obviously, but 3-0 is a bit the same. So you know they could win two of the next three as well.
2: No, I, I definitely agree, and I mean we said coming into this North game, you've got to win three out of the four if you're serious about making a statement and putting yourself in the mix for finals. So I mean we've done we've done the job today. We've got one win under the belt, and as you mentioned, Hawthorne's winnable, Fremantle's winnable, and I mean this year you can you can pinch wins, and I think it. Is it possibility that we could pinch a win against West Coast? So, I mean, really, in the next three games, you'd be looking at taking at least two scalps.
0: Yeah, no, yeah, I, I, think, I think that's right. Yeah,
2: 100%. no, they have to. They've
0: just got to win. The, if they win the games, they should. We're one of those teams where we're going to pinch, you know, games like we saw with the Geelong game and even the Bulldog. I know a lot of people. I don't really rate the Bulldogs, but a lot of people hold the Bulldogs in high esteem. So we're, you know, we're beating the teams we need to beat, and that's just what we've got to keep doing because really. Yeah, look, it's one week at a time, but they just had to win. They've just got to stay in touching distance with the eight. Once they get, you know, two games behind and they're playing catch-up, it just means you've got to play perfect footy for the rest of the year. Yeah. So, and they can't afford to do it. They're not good enough for that.
2: Now, they threw SPS into the middle today, a little bit more than they have in previous weeks. I'm interested to hear your thoughts on how he played, Matt.
1: I actually really like him on, on half-back. I think he's such a really good distributor of the footy. Um, on both feet, so whichever side he finds himself on the contest, if it, if it pops out to his um, to his left side, or if, if he's you know towards the centre of the ground and pops out from it from a half forward, flank towards the centre, he can look to open it up on his left foot, and I think that's really important. Whereas if he's on the other side, he's, he's more than capable on on his right foot, which is his natural foot. So I don't mind him when he's kind of setting up a play like that, but um, you, you know if you can throw him forward for, for patches just to get his hands on the footy a bit more and, and have a bit of class around the ball, uh, which sometimes you need to do when you've got combinations. In the middle like Carlton tried today when you had sort of um, uh, Kennedy and Setterfield who were sort of more bash and crash and they're not finesse players Um, you kind of got to have one of those sort of players there that you can give an outlet hand hand pass to and move the ball forward so I don't Mm. mind if they try it every now and then but I've really liked his work down back this season and I wouldn't try and make it more of a permanent thing, if
0: if that makes sense. Yeah, I'm actually on the exact same page as you. I've been saying it for, you know, actually since the back end of last year, I prefer Petrovsky seeing as well on a half-back flank. I just think it kind of makes him a little bit accountable as well, going the other way, because I'm not sure if you agree with me, Matt, but I kind of see our midfield... There's a lot of one-way running with our midfield, and we get opened... We've actually been opened up the last two weeks... Um, just through the middle teams transition through the middle with such ease when they're playing Carlson the contested marks through the corridor are crazy and I just think you know for especially someone like Petrovsky Seton, I just think we're going to get way more out of him honestly on a half back flank because you know that's the guy you almost want to have the ball exiting the back 50 rather than you know with all due respect a Williamson or you know uh, even Jones or someone mm. like that mm. so I couldn't agree more I think
1: that's fair. Look, you talk about the the going through the the corridor and getting exposed there. North, and and even in the last quarter there, it was it was frightening how often they sort of the ball squeezed out. And and in wet conditions, you know, the ball squeezed out in the middle, and and suddenly you can kind of get a kick along the ground forward. To have someone like uh, Patresky Seaton who can pick the ball up uh, pretty cleanly when it gets to those sort of dangerous areas—that's where I want him for sure.
2: No, I, I actually could not agree more in that regard. How well is Ed Curno playing this year? Is this yeah. is this a career best year? I feel like it has to be up there.
1: The weird thing is, he's had career best years. I reckon almost five of the last six. He kind of he's he's unappreciated. I think because he he goes about his work and he's never going to be the one to get the plaudits unless he racks up sort of thirty two himself, um, as well as you know keeping one of the top line midfielders to, to not many touches. But he, he does this quite often and more often than not, the fact that. He'll go to someone like he did to sort of Simkin today at times, and I barely even noticed Simkin played, and he'd been one of North. He'd be arguably leading North's best and fairest at this point, um, and I know that they were missing Cunnington. And I know they were missing Zebel and uh, rah rah rah. But at the end of the day, he went to North's most dangerous player on the field and completely blanked him.
2: I think today Simkin had no impact on the game. I didn't. I didn't really notice him in any big moments for North, and whenever he did get the ball in good positions i felt kerno was on him straight away so he his his he pressure really was elite 2 right
1: second you could tell yeah, yeah you
2: could at the end of the game That would have been is... his
0: first tag at the level really
2: yeah yeah well i mean his this is his first season really on the ball isn't it gave away four free kicks today simkin and i think ed kerno
0: i'm the, i've never been i've always I don't think he's a bad player, but he's never been one of my favorites, Ed Kerno. But I think what's setting him apart is just, it's footy IQs because he's tapping the ball into space. You know, he's kind of hitting the right spots. And yep. I think that's what's massive because I loved his game down in Geelong where I think he only had 14 possessions, but it was just such a smart inside game. And, you know, the fact that he did a job on Simkin, and I thought he was really good going our way as well, Curno. He just did the little things well, really he was. well. He, he was. He used the ball well today. He was good. You know. And if you're going to get the big bodies like him, Kennedy, Walsh, setterfield in the middle, and obviously Cripps, it's a tough midfield to overcome. They're not big names, but your opposition. I've always said, you know, when you're a footy team, you want to make the opposition, you know, think about how they're going to approach you. And, you know, I think when you're a midfield group coming up against the Carlton midfield right now, you've got to think as in, you know, you're in for a bruised, game in the middle
2: which is what we want yeah it is what we want another one in our midfield group who is playing some outstanding football will set Matt I'm interested to hear your thoughts because I mean I'm a massive rap for this guy I think his last month has been outstanding he's huge he's growing before our eyes isn't he
1: He's playing some consistently good footy now, and he's getting a good run at the at games because you know in the past he's had injury troubles or he's had form issues and hasn't really been able to sort of string together a really good block of footy. And I think now that he's he's been part of this midfield and playing in a position that he's he's obviously probably best at. He's not sort of just being he's not the twenty second player picked if you know what I mean, where they sort of try and plug him yep. here or there. He's he's playing a consistently good block of footy and and another twenty touches today. His second half, he might be a bit disappointed with the second half, but the first half, when Carlton played well, he was the one that was sparking him. And he, he just, he can stand up in a tackle now. He's stronger through the hips than he has been in previous years, which means he can kind of do what Cripps does and stand up and look for a hand pass to give. And there are a couple of hand passes today that were just outstanding and, and contributed to goals.
0: Yeah, I agree. Setterfield's last four or five weeks have just been, and you're right, it's just consistently good. It's nothing that's probably going to, you know, make a neutral fan sit up and, you know, take heaps of notice. But I think internally, his last five weeks have just been unbelievable. He creates
2: so much space, doesn't he?
0: He really does. That
2: one handball today which set up the Walsh goal, I mean, in I think it was the second quarter, how good was that? Yeah, no, he he no, he was
0: he was brilliant today. No, and I was gonna say as well, I actually noticed with him and Curno especially it happened when you're first to the footy, coming out of the middle, it obviously makes the opposition panic a little bit, and they got free kicks, like really cheap free kicks. Those two especially, just for those little jumper tugs. Mm. But it's just getting fir- getting on your toes and getting busy around stoppages is just massive. And that's where centre field's clearance game, stoppage game, is huge.
2: Oh, it's massive! It is huge. Ten tackles last week. How many did he have today? Um, six. So that's six. yeah. Well, that's Ed Kerno had ten today. Wow. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah, huge game. Now the
2: two of them going about their business. Another one who's been thrown in the mix the last three weeks is Matt Kennedy. He was outstanding in his first match against the Doggies two weeks ago and dropped off a little bit last week, but I felt he showed us what he's capable of once again today. He was outstanding, hit the scoreboard as well. Matt, how do you think he played, and do you think that there's a spot for him long-term in our midfield?
1: Look, the Blues have been crying out for, for a player who isn't... Um, Patrick Cripps or Ed Kerno to be getting 20 touches a game for the the last 2 or 3 years really Uh, and and you sort of look at the numbers today and it was Walsh 21, Kennedy 20 and Setterfield 20 so these are the kind of guys that you really hope are starting to step up to the level and and Kennedy's one where um, his disposal when he's a little bit panicked really frustrates me at times Um, but but he's a a smart footballer in that he knows where to get to the right spaces before he uses the ball and weirdly enough he's a good kick um, for goal so uh, you kind of take the good with the bad with him and, and you guys mentioned that the two-way running down midfield sort of struggles that he runs forward really well um, but I started to notice uh, this year more so that he's starting to push back a bit better than he was last year and that was one of the big criticisms of his game was just a lack of accountability and that's why he couldn't he, he wouldn't hold his spot in the team for, for too long it's just because he wasn't doing the team things but now that i sort of seen him start to do those and as you say he, the scoreboard two goals again today uh, he'll keep his spot as long as he can he can keep doing that.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, he'll he'll definitely keep his spot, Kennedy, as in, I, I'm, I'm still not sure if it's long-term yet, but you, they're not going to, you know, he's brought another two weeks, you know, for his time in the team off today, and I think what I noticed really early on with Kennedy, when it was dry especially, every, he actually took a lot of marks today, I thought, Kennedy. Yeah, he did. Which is always a good sign, because it, it means he's creating his own space, but he always had his first instinct was to always handball back into the middle. And just to have that mindset of going through the middle just makes us so much more dangerous going forward. Because
2: and and that's what and that's what I loved about him today. No, and I said it after the Bulldogs game as well. He's he's a quick thinker. He's a very quick thinker. Whenever he gets the ball, he's always looking. And we saw it sort of was to his detriment today, unfortunately, with that one with Sam Walsh, where he handballed it to Walsh, who ran into the two North Melbourne players in that first quarter, but. I mean, you get, as Matt said, you're going to take the good with the bad and I think his thinking overall is really, really good and it suits our game style because we're really dangerous on the attack and he gets the ball moving very quickly, which I think is one of his real assets. And you're right, two goals is
0: massive for someone yeah. like that, out of the middle. You know, because yeah. Walsh kicked these two last week. You know, we've had yep. Setterfield I think, two against St Kilda from memory. Yeah, he did. He so, did. you know, you just got to get getting goals out of the midfield. is just massive, considering our tours weren't very good today. All well, non-existent. They, well, two they, of them they, were non-existent. Two were, of them were non-existent. They but. were
2: essentially all three of them were non-existent after the first quarter.
0: Yeah, I know. So, no, so goals like that are massive. No, I thought Kennedy played well today. And I think as
2: well, I think to win that game with essentially no key forwards basically having any impact on the game was a really good, you know, result for us. I think we got away with murder there.
1: I feel for more because a late lady- in. Uh, the weather was never going to be conducive to his sort of style of play and, and so sort of just be thrust into into, into AFL level footy when he's been playing scratch matches against 14, 12 players, you know, out at a goat paddock out in the back of the Sunshine Coast. Uh, I really do feel for him. And, and a lot of players, you kind of need a block of footy to get comfortable at AFL level. I, and I don't think he's going to get that. I think he'll probably go back down if, if Harry's fit or if, um, you know, you, you bring someone in like a Zach Fisher going forward. So, look, I, I, I truly feel for him. Um, Mitch McGovern had a really good first five minutes and then sort of fell away. And uh, and Levi Kasbold, again, just sort of... Look, conditions weren't great right for the big guys. We saw Ben Brown down the other end really didn't have much of an impact. Obviously, I think Jack Wietering was really good, but um, it just wasn't a day for the big men.
2: Yeah, no, I definitely agree with you. That's, that's a very fair call, the conditions. And I, yeah, you know what? You make a really good point with Cal Moore. And, I mean, we don't know what will happen at team selection this week, but you'd probably assume that with the way he played... He is going to get thrown back into the into the scrap matches. But look, we'll see what happens there. Let's rate the coach, I think. Yep. So, Bolt, do you want to kick us off rating Tigi today? Give us a rating out of 10 and tell us what he did well. I'm going
0: to give him another six because I, just, I found, as I said before, I've, I've now found the clear flaw in our game. It's that when we're so good going one way, we just expose ourselves out the back. And it's not the frequency of inside 50s that kill our back line. It's the way the entries are coming in. We actually open ourselves up to be exposed a little bit in the back line. So I think that's the one thing. We've just got to kind of balance the offense versus defense a little bit. But, um, as in, in terms of Callum Moore, as in, yeah, I think, you know, given the circumstances, I did a feel for him. But I, when I saw the late change, I honestly, th- and I knew what the weather was going to be. I thought it'd be a fill coming in really and get mm. another small. So yeah, I, I didn't love it, but, um, once again, grinded out the win. He probably he got his matchups right today, getting Wiedering, Brown, Jones to Larky, Plowman to Zerha. He got those completely correct. So now there wasn't much more T could have done from the box. It was a really tough game. Yeah. So I think I think you know I just that's I've just I found the flaw in the game plan. It's just we let teams uncontested marks. They walk it from you know D fifty to forward fifty. So yeah,
2: no yeah. It's, it's a good pick up. It's a good pick up. Matt, give us a rating for Teague out of ten and. Point out a couple of things he did right or wrong.
1: Yeah, close. I had a seven. Uh, I thought it was. Oh, look, I don't. I don't mind the game plan. The game plan is one that will open you up to risk going back the other way. The big thing that, that Carlton has been trying to do, and this this goes back to the Bolton years as well, um, is that the idea is. When it gets turned over, when you're sort of doing this sort of corridor play like they like to do in the first quarter, you kind of saw it, and then North managed to, to sort of wrestle it back. But when you're doing that sort of play, that open, quick movement, you've got to get delay on the ball when it's going back the other way. Yep. you just got to hold up players if they do take these uncontested marks, or you've got to stop these chains of handballs, or at least corral them to go backwards, because it gives you time to your defenders uh, to get in the hole Firstly, your midfielders to sort of drop back in the hole, and then it gives your um, your big defenders time to sort of get their positioning right when the ball does come in. And we kind of see how well it works. I mean, you, you look at when, when Carl's playing well in the back line, Doherty's taking intercept marks, Weeder's taking intercept marks, Jones taking... like Everyone's just intercepting, intercepting, intercepting. But the key is getting delayed. And sometimes it's not so much the game plan that's failing, it's more the players just aren't quite getting delay on the footy when, when it does get turned over. So I actually don't mind what that what they try and do with the ball and then it turns over. So long as they can get the delay on the footy going the other way, I'm, I'm all for it. So the, the matchups, I think he, he really did well. But, the, yeah, the team selection let it down a bit and you, you probably just got to make a couple of moves late in that game to sort of free the ball up and, and, and instruct your players not to kick to the pocket when it's driving yes. with rain. Like hit it to a dangerous spot because the ball's going to go to the ground. And you've got Eddie Betts and Cunningham, who's one of the best one-touch players in the league, um, you know, at the, feet, at the fall of the ball. So, just got to get those messages out there late the game we
0: keep a cool head. And he didn't quite get that mail uh, today, I don't think. I agree. And I think, and I say it, you know, footy IQ, I think, you know, with experience, that comes. Just holding plays up,
2: buying time to get numbers back. I completely agree. Zoot? Yeah. No, I'm going to give him a seven today. I, I'm i usually quite a harsh radar with Teague because I like to, I always like to see the room for improvement. But I thought... Imagine... If we were raiding when Bolton was coaching. Oh, that would have been tough. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, I thought there was room for improvement today, but I actually agree with elements from both of you. I agree with Matt. The game plan's going to open us up, so you've got to expect the ball to come on the rebound. But I actually thought our defenders held up really well today. He nailed all those matchups, as you mentioned, Bolt, so... Yeah, I don't think there was a lot more that he could have done from the onset. He's a very good improviser, Teague, and I think that there wasn't much to change today. I think the matchups he sort of got them right from the get-go. Uh, perhaps he could have got Casbolt involved in the game a little bit more, maybe moved him, I don't know, up the ground. But at the same time, we had McGovern go down, so it was difficult. Yeah, I, I'm not sure there was a heap that he could have done more than he did. So I'm yeah. going to give him a 7. And I think that going into next week, he's going to have a big job because Hawthorne are, you know, a very well coached team. And this is going to be a battle of the coaches, I think, next week. So, because we have
0: conceded, I think, on average, the fifth most amount of points per game. So it's just, okay. it's, it's just, to, and it's not the back line. But I feel like our
2: backline's held
0: up. No, that is, yeah, it's not the defenders themselves. It's just the way we set up ahead of the back line. Mm. It's just, it's coming in far too easily. Yeah. um it's once again it's not the frequency because Jones Wiedering, you know Plowman you know Simpson they're having like pretty solid years yeah it's just the way it's coming and as you
2: league. keep saying every week our back line is settled and yeah. that's majorly and it's
0: important a, it's the hallmark of a good team if you know they're back six seven eight each week that's the stability you need stability in the back line you never win flags without knowing who your back six are every
2: week yep so no, it's definitely massive. agree uh we're gonna rate the players Matt do you want to kick us off with your top three and Maybe a rating out of ten for those top three. Yes. Uh, well, speaking of defence, I think it was
1: uh, look. I don't know who to who to give the the, the top votes to. They both they both get a nine. Weeders and Plowman. Um, Weetering, I think, was was clearly much better than Ben Brown. And, and look, Brown has had a habit of absolutely destroying us in the past. I, I know that uh, the conditions weren't obviously the best for him, but he tried a few things, Brown. He tried to get up on the wing a bit more. He, he tried to. Um, to take Weedering in the one on ones deep. He tried to sort of lead out. He, he, he kept trying to work Weedering, and Weedering worked it out pretty quickly. And, and just anything Brown threw at him, uh, he, was, he was just dealing with really easily. Uh, and then Plowman was, was just excellent. I know he, he's got a few knockers amongst the Carlton faithful, but um, his work that on, on Zuhar today was, was outstanding. And Zuhar's a dangerous player uh, if, you, if you let him get going because he can kick two goals in you know, quick succession and four in a game pretty easily if, he, if, he's, if he's on song. And he's a, he's a big unit. So um, I think Plowman did really well to, to completely outplay him and, and took some really good defensive marks and, and uh, started some really good attacking chains with some really good kicks. So I think those two both get a nine. Uh, kind of hard to pick, pick the next, next best player. You could argue for you know Matt Kennedy, um, maybe Will Setterfield. I don't know who do we give it to. I'm going to flip the coin and I'm going to go with Setters because he's got a lot of upside and I think that if he can just be a bit more consistent in the second half, he'll be a really really good player for us. And I'll give him eight.
0: Yeah, no, I like it. I'll get us going here. I gave Kerno a nine. I thought Kerno was exceptional. You know, going you know offense and defense in the middle was massive for me. I gave Plowman a nine, and I am one of those people amongst the cold and faithful who knocked Plowman. He's not one of my favorites, but his last three weeks, I actually just tweeted it about 20 minutes ago, career-defining, it's almost career-saving, really, I think, for Plowman. I thought he was at a bit of a crossroads, but um, massive. you know. And for him to take Zerhar out of the game like that, Zerhar didn't hit the scoreboard. I think Zerhar gave away four free kicks, yep. which just shows where Plowman was positioning himself, really. Um, and yeah,
1: I think he gave away that second fifty and that hundred meter penalty too.
0: Yes, yes. So yeah, no. Plowman has been massive for us, and I've got a few people on eight. I had once again Kennedy Walsh, and I think Setterfield on eight. But I'm going to go. I'm, I'm going to give Walsh a bit of love here. Walsh, Walsh's last month has also just been massive, and you know, once again, he's you know not turning the ball over as much. He gets into really good positions, mm. and this is the player. You know, he's played what? What's he played? Like twenty nine games, thirty games. It's scary. It is. You no, know, him and Cedarfield have played about thirty games each.
2: It's massive what these two are doing. It is, and I feel like Walsh has almost just seen, you know, Cripps has been taken out of the game the past couple of weeks, and he's sort of thought, well, you know what, someone's got to step up here, and his level has lifted majorly since Cripps has dropped off.
0: Yeah, and even since he's been attacked in the media unnecessarily, um, Walsh Walsh is a star. Yeah. Walsh is a superstar. Um yeah,
1: no. he had thirteen touches against the Saints and everyone was thinking the world was gonna win for him. Honestly. Um, and then, you know, was... since then he's come out twenty two the next week against the dogs and was excellent. Porty he had sixteen to kick two and, and today he kicked another one amongst twenty odd touches. So yeah. he's gone fine. Yeah,
2: his last three weeks have been unbelievable, really. Yeah. I think he's been definitely in our top three or at least top five in all three of those weeks. So he's doing the job. I'm actually I'm I've You know, I've got very similar ratings to both of you guys. I've actually gone and given uh, uh, Kerno a 9 as well. I've thought, you know, him taking Simkin out of the game, who has been North Melbourne's most dangerous player this year, was a massive job. And he did it last week with Boak. We saw Boak came out on fire. Kerno went to him. You didn't see much of Travis Boak for the rest of the game, and he's doubled down on that. He's taken Simkin out of the game, so I'm giving him a 9. I'm giving Jacob Wiedering an 8 today. I thought he was outstanding and probably deserved a 9, but, I mean, yeah, I'm going to give him an 8. I thought he was fantastic. I still don't think he's lost a 1-on-1 in the forward 50 this entire season. He's a superstar. So that is a massive stat, and I'm going to go with Will Setterfield, uh, third best on ground, getting an 8 as well. I thought he was just phenomenal, and just the way that he creates space for our players to attack, and he shepherds. He, you know, the one percenters from yeah. Setterfield... Can't go unnoticed. I'm happy you brought up the word
0: shepherd because there was a shepherd Murphy did to release Simpson in the last quarter on the far side, the far halfback flank. He just got his body in the way, Murphy. It's just these little things that Mm. get me off the couch.
2: Yes. It was massive. (laughs) Matt, we like to uh, give our bottom three for the week as well as more of a nudge for these players to give them a nudge forward, get going and get themselves more involved. Do you have a bottom three today? Uh, Do I have a
1: bottom three? Yes, I do have a bottom three. Just give me a sec. I had this somewhere written down. Um, the bottom three is uh, poor old Callum Moore. Uh, like I said, I feel sorry for him. You know, pretty tough conditions to come into for your first game for the club. Um, and, and sort of maybe not even knowing throughout the week that you're going to be selected. Uh, mm. Pretty tough. Mm. Uh, you know, i give him a one or a two out of, out of ten. McGovern uh, injured, obviously. So maybe not, um, uh, maybe not fair uh, for him, but I mean, you know, he, he had time on the ground where he just sort of was not existent enough the first two minutes, Yeah. Uh, so I give him a, a, a two, and then, uh, can I give the umpires the third worst <laughs> on ground, folks? <post? laughs> oh, they
0: weren't <laughs> great.
1: They <You> were. <laughs> just just <laughs> put the whistle away, fellas, there's no need, uh, oh. honestly, some of those free kicks both ways, I mean, the 100 metre penalty was ridiculous, and then there were some, some deliberates against uh, oh. Sam Docherty, obviously he didn't read the script about his 100th game pinged him and then didn't ping one against Ben McKay in the, in the next passage of play, which was just uh, uh, bizarre, really. The so, spi- look, yeah. the, 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 I feels for the umpires like I do Cal Moore because they're being told to, to implement rules that are really hard to interpret. So, I, I do feel sorry for them, but when in doubt, just put the whistle away, fellas.
0: The thing that does my head in with it is deliberate out of bounds. The umpires should be adjudicating on intent rather than just the outcome. Because, yeah. o- o- firstly, we play with an odd-shaped ball that if it's going to bounce four times in the wet, like there's only so much you can do. Like you actually cannot kick for te- you actually cannot kick for territory anymore. It is ridiculous. Yeah. Um. You know. And sometimes the intent isn't to get it out of bounds. It's just to clear that that dockety one was literally get the ball. It's wet. Clear it. Yeah. And it happened to roll well, out. It was, it was just. ridiculous. was
1: player nearby too.
2: Yeah. It, I think it was Casbold. It was just. It was actually absurd. And I mean that holding the ball paid against Williamson. I. No, the one no. against Williamson no. as well in the last quarter. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That was just... Oh, no, yeah. I saw you tweeted about that, Matt. That was... I, I, I was flabbergasted, really.
1: Why would you go... Why would you want to be first for the footy? Like, yeah. uh, they've got issues, unfortunately, the um, the umpiring department, because the way that, that Gil has sort of quickly said um, we need to fix this hole in the ball mess, they've overreacted big time.
2: No, yeah. I, I certainly agree. And, I mean, yeah, I do agree with you as well. They've got the hardest job in the game at the moment because... They've sort of been told to change their interpretation on the go, and it's never going to be easy. And you're always going to come under some scrutiny and come under fire. But yeah, as I agree with you, you just got to put the whistle away in those situations. Oh, it's bloody, you know. As in, I watched nine
0: games a week, and that was the first Carlton game I've had this year where I actually did not know what holding the ball, whether it was going to be paid or not. That was the first time this year I actually had no idea what was happening, yeah. which is very frustrating. So yeah, but we move on. Can worst... give us
2: your bottom three Bolt.
0: well it has to be Calum Moore I think we've said enough about him there, there, yeah, there was not much happening there um, I'm going to exclude McGovern um, so these next two really disappointing that I'm mentioning them because I've loved their years but I just don't think there was enough from Betts and Gibbons I mm. really don't um, ahead of the ball and you know in a wet game where... and the ball didn't hit the deck much because they, I think McDonald was sitting back a bit. You know, yep. Josh Walker took a few intercepts. They arcs.
2: defended well, to be fair.
0: They ended up defending well, but you know, they th- those two especially, just I don't think took enough. You know, um, you know from the limited opportunities they were giving. Like and Gibbons kicked a massive goal at the start of the game which, you know, we love when he hits the scoreboard. but And he hits the scoreboard on a weekly basis, does. doesn't he? Yeah, but, you know, Betts only had the five possessions, two tackles, no scoreboard contribution. Gibbons was nine disposals and a goal. I just don't think there was enough. I gave them both a three, really. I would have put Gibbons on the ball at three-quarter time. Yep, that's fair. There just wasn't enough
2: coming from them. So, yeah, disappointing, but I'm not worried about those two. That's fair. Yeah, no, Michael Gibbons has had an outstanding season, so he, you know, he's entitled to an off week. Uh, my bottom three don't have to go into too much detail because you guys have covered it. Callum Moore. I'm also going to exclude uh, McGovern, and then I'm going to give bets and also Levi Casbolt. I just feel like it, it wasn't his fault because the ball wasn't really being delivered to him. The ball. I, I thought our entries inside fifty were, in all honesty, appalling. Appalling. Um, so there's not much Casbolt could have done. But at the end of the day, he didn't really get involved in the game. So I'm going to give him, I should say, after-quarter time because his first quarter was pretty good. So after-quarter time, didn't do enough. And he's also going to get a three for mine. But it is stiff because it was a tough day for him. Just one that we haven't touched on yet. And Matt, I'm really interested to get your opinion on him. Jack Nunes. I think he's coming yes. together. Today, I thought, was his best game. And boy, he's he's you know he's, he's got a bit of... You like to use this word, bold. He's got mongrel in him. He's just... Yeah. He does what he needs to do.
1: A <laughs> couple of um, couple of good moments. Sort of went back with the flight um, and got crunched by Brown and weedering about two minutes after he went in really hard in the contest and, and got cleaned up. So, you know, a couple of really good good moments from him. He probably, at the start of the year, was probably one that would have been my last in and first out of the team. Um, but you know what? He keeps hitting... He's hit the scoreboard, I think, maybe three weeks in a row now uh, and, and sort of ticks along and, and uses the ball... For the most part, pretty well. I think there was one passage of play that he had with Tommy Williamson on the on the near halfback yes. flank oh. that was uh, was one to forget. But um, I mean, for the most part, I mean, this is what you expect from. He, he's 27. He, he's supposed to be a, a really he's supposed to be a leader. He was going to be capitalist of St Kilda at one point, so you kind of expect that this is what you get from a, from a free agent pickup. So I'm glad he's delivering on his potential, um, but he's he's probably still got a little bit to go in terms of improvement for mine.
0: Yeah, look, I think he's still prone to making you know one or two massive errors a game, but he's he's there's a bit of heart and soul about him. You know, he he really he just has a crack nuns, and the fact he's hitting the scoreboard, I think he's now six goals for the year. So that's all you can ask for, really. I think Nunes is And he kicks big goals. Kicks big goals. I mean,
2: kicked a huge... We say it every week. Kicked a huge one against Richmond. Huge one against the Dogs. Last week, he kicked a big one. And then today, kicked two big ones. He's
0: playing... well. He's firmly in the 22 right now. He's got no issues with his job security, so... No, I agree. I'm I'm actually pretty pleased for him, to be honest. Mm, No, I... I should
1: clarify. He was first... Last in, first out at the start of the year, but he's... Oh,
0: no. And and I completely agree with that as well, because I thought his first month was pretty horrid as well, but. He almost just, at the start of the month, he was kind of, he wasn't playing very well at all, but he was almost just doing enough for him to be undroppable, if that makes sense. Yeah. He'd never, pro- like, plays if he was the 22nd man. It was weird, but, no, he's firmly in at the moment, but I do agree. Um, he And we speak about it, you know, we spoke about it with Cunningham's last two weeks. You know, the fact that we've built a bit of depth, it's almost like he's just got to keep concentrating because if he drops off in the next fortnight... All of a sudden, he's back on the you know the chopping block.
2: Yeah, well, you got Zach Fisher and Jack Silvani waiting in the wings as well. Yeah, exactly. And that, and that brings us to our next discussion, team changes for next week. Now, fellas, are there any changes for next week? I personally can't see any. Matt, what are you thinking?
1: Uh, I think Silvani should come in for more. I think if... And, and, and look... I think Harry's probably going to miss a couple Because the men tend to take a while to, to come back from any complaints Even if they are minor I mean we don't know too much about the extent of his injuries And they always seem to be worse than what let lets on initially, unfortunately um, But I, I think Silvani would have been really valuable today Especially given the conditions And he would have offered more than more Up in the forward line and on the ball as well So um, at this stage I can't see too many changes apart from that one
2: uh, Is Jack Silvani fit? For next week, I
1: think he could be fit, shouldn't he? I, I haven't.
2: Uh, I thought I,
1: think, I thought he cut a knee injury this week. They,
2: they keep secrets, the Carlton Footy Club. They're just not very transparent
0: with around injuries, so well, I'm not, not sure. He's
1: fine, and then he's not. So I oh, mean, honestly, we'd we bring him in. But um, yeah, if, if he's got a, if he's got a setback, maybe you, you bring a small in. I think anyway, and, yeah. and just hope that McAvan's okay as well. Yeah, depends it's, on
0: how he feels. Dude. So would you would you play Tom DeConing? Is, I, I would. Is he... Like, I just don't know if we can go in with more Casbolt and no Silvani. Uh, it's a really tough one. I yeah, I'm not sure, to be honest. I'm not sure if... McGo- I don't think McGovern's going to play.
2: I'm not sure, to be honest. I think that if McGovern gets up, that it's pretty simple. We just take out more, and if... McKay or Silvani are fit, you bring one of them in. If not, I'd still love to see Zach Fisher. Yeah, it's a bit, it's, 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 it's bizarre.
0: But who goes out for him? Do you get what I mean?
2: Yeah, yeah,
0: I, yeah. It's, it's a you tough one. You sacrifice
1: the big for the small. I mean, look, the, the tall forward line's actually worked pretty well for the most part. I mean, conditions aside today, it's it's worked pretty well for the most part. So if you have to take two out, so for instance, if, if McGovern doesn't get up and yeah. then... You'd probably say that, that Callum Moore has a run in the twos again. You'd probably have to bring conning in and then um, play him forward. And, and, and,
0: him I, and I've just thought about it now, because we've got the Hawthorne game on in the background. If Silvani comes in next week, I think Silvani has to be given the job of that defensive forward on Sicily because Hawthorne's got a pretty stacked back line in terms of, you know, bigs. Mm. So if we don't match them with the talls... that could just...
2: also come to our advantage if the ball hits the deck. It could, but I'm
0: saying if you've got those guys... Because our entries aren't great. So if, if they're dominating the airwaves, I think you've almost just got to match them to bring that ball to ground mm. because we don't... Our kicking's still not good enough to, I think, you know, combat that. So it'll be interesting.
2: No, nah, it certainly will. Oh,
1: look, we've, we've seen what a four-quarter if it looks like against the dogs and and we were really good and we had another quarter today where we played really really well Uh, and then three quarters where you could probably (laughs) point out a few things that that need a bit of work so look I think things are falling into into place for this team pretty quickly I'm I'm a glass half full sort of guy about this this club going forward and you know if you you win the games that you're supposed to win over the next three weeks uh, and even then the remaining fixtures against some of the teams that are a bit weaker in, in the in the competition like uh like Sydney like Maybe the Suns, if, if they start to get found out, um, like uh, who else is down the bottom at the moment? Uh, Fremantle, we're playing in a couple of weeks. Yeah, still going to play the Crows. You, win, you start to build belief and, and maybe, you know, you look at finishing with, with nine or ten wins and that gets you in the final. So um, they're okay. The boys are okay.
2: Yeah, no, I completely agree. Matt, thank you so much for taking the time out to join us on the Blues Footy Podcast today. It was great to get you on the show and... Look forward to hearing from you and getting you on in the future as well. Cheers, Mays.
1: My pleasure, fellas. Anytime.
2: It was great to get Matt Walsh on the show. We've been looking forward to that chat. And tell you what, he's a blue bagger at heart, and that is what we love. Blue baggers, it's time to get to your questions off our Twitter feed. If you'd like to ask any questions in future episodes, just hit us up at bluesfooty on Twitter. Bolt, I'm going to fire them away. Let's go. First one coming through from Bryce. He's a great man, Bryce. He asks one every week, which we love. Bryce uh, Bryce, Le- Bryce Lytik, Sorry, is his uh, Twitter handle. Is the victory against North, I love how he calls them North, for the first time in a while indicative of our success or indicative of how atrocious they are at the moment? I'll take it regardless.
0: <laughs> um, it's actually a good question. Um, I think... A bit of both, because I think another team probably would have beaten us today, but I think the fact that we won and grinded out a result where backs were against the wall a little bit is probably indicative of, you know, the maturity that's come into the team. So, a bit of both, to be honest. It's a pretty good question, though.
2: No, I do agree with you there. Jacob Town, he says, Why did we revert to bombing the ball into the 50 metre without McGovern or Big H playing? idiotic. Walker was lapping it up and need to adjust the game plan on the fly and control the footy. Yep
0: and well speaking about it just beforehand the entries going in were
2: horrible and they just didn't really
0: get the idea and North Melbourne were chopping everything off and look I think Wiedering and Jones and even Plowman took a
2: lot of intercept marks as well but no our entries were terrible after quarter time. Uh, Ryan Kellum says how much does it cost to get some sort of run of the green with the umpires I have some coins in my centre console I could put forward look as I've said <laughs> I don't usually like having digs
0: at the umpires and, and we don't we never do no we don't But and I, and I, and I actually tweeted at half time saying I still think we give away a lot of unnecessary free kicks but after half time they were just calling ridiculous things that even I was mind boggled by
2: Yep, fair enough. Pete Rogers says, was Pittard in our best players? Does he deserve an x card from Teague?
0: Well, that, I actually walked off when Pollock took that mark. I, I turned my back on it, and then my brother called me back and said they've reversed the free kick. So I actually didn't see it um, from Pittard. <laughs> but yeah, I'm very thankful for it, because if we go in at three-quarter time behind, different story. Mm. Well,
2: Pittard's essentially cost them a chance at winning the game, I yeah, think. Yeah,
0: massive. E. Yeah, that'll definitely be reviewed. And And
2: he's a dog. He elbowed Walsh in the head. He's a dog. He
0: did, but still with Walsh, just... He, it's annoying, just don't do that though. Because Walsh then puts himself in a position where he can be penalised and he did. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I know it's
2: annoying for Walsh to have to cop that, but just, you know, if you don't react, you win. Yep. Uh, Jim Fiddler says, how many more games will Moore play? <laughs> probably zero, Jim. Uh, as Matt pointed out, he is in a bit of an unlucky situation, but yeah, he's probably not going to feature again yeah, in yeah, our side. Not, not too often. At big underscore Schwart, Ben Schwartz, he says, where is Fisher? Schwader. <laughs> um Schwader.
0: Yeah, look, uh, I'm actually not sure. He wasn't even
2: an emergency this week, which is. And just... He wasn't last week either, was he? Yeah,
0: or was he? I think he was last week. No, nah, he was la- wasn't this week. It's bizarre.
2: Yeah, it is bizarre. So it's...
0: at the so the emergencies this week were obviously more Cottrell Honey Phil. and Phil. Mm. Maybe he wasn't last week either. I don't
2: think he yeah, was. I don't think, he, I he think was. no, they were yeah, the, f- he wasn't, the same I mean. four emergencies. Yeah, he wasn't. It's weird. It's it actually weird. Yeah, and I'd love some answers from the club as to where is Zach Fisher. I don't know, he's had a bit of a crossroads, Fisher. Matty B, he says, incredibly frustrating game. A win's a win, though. I thought Kennedy Setterfield were huge. How do you boys see Cripps at the moment? He seems to be playing sore, but he gets manhandled at stoppages every week. He does get manhandled at stoppages. Um, I
0: thought Anderson played him very well today, but... Yeah, um, where do I see Crips at the moment? I he's definitely down on his usual output, and the fact that our two superstars, being our two captains, are playing so half-assed at the moment, really, you know, and not by choice—they're just being beaten by their direct opponents. You know, mm. teams are having, and ever since that St Kilda game, they've set the trend. You know, if you go after Crips and Doherty, you're more than likely going to get the better of them. But the fact that we've won, you two know, two three. games without them playing at their peaks. You know, and that's where, and Maddie said it in his tweet here Kennedy Setterfield, huge. And add Walsh and Kerno into that mix. Those next-running midfielders have stepped up. They've needed to step up, and they have. It's massive.
2: I completely agree. Uh, just on Sam Doherty, I think that, you know, the fact that Geary went on to him and beat him so convincingly. Has set an unfortunate trend for us because he's getting tagged every week. It's very annoying.
0: But he's even—he he's, just looks flustered because he's not even distributing the ball nicely
2: when well, he, he doesn't does have get time.
0: It. I know he does. You're right. He does. You're right. He doesn't have time on the ball. That's the thing. He gets the ball and the
2: players is on him. And he's the organizer. And it's you know Plowman stepped up really in terms of organizing the back I six agree. a little bit. Plowman's been fantastic. Uh Jim Fiddler, He's asked again. He says Mark Murphy, yes or no?
0: I'm a yes. I thought his last quarter was huge in the middle. To be honest. He got the ball in really good spots. Um, he kept a boundary side, which is, you know, just his experience. I thought Murphy was pretty good today, actually.
2: Yep. Brenton Patterson says, If we lower our eyes when kicking into the forward 50, there is usually a free man. We are still kicking long to contests and have three players fly for the same ball. Is it just me seeing this? Thanks, no, fellas. It's
0: not just you, mate. I um, completely agree. They just, they just hack it in. They yep. just hack it in.
2: No, I, I agree with that as well. David Patmore says Moore really struggled today. If Harry and Gary, if Harry and Gov, sorry, are out next week, what does our forward line look like? It's a great question. If I think if one of Harry and McGovern are
0: available to play next week, then Moore has to go out for a small. Yep. If Silvani's not. Fit. If, yeah. If if all th- if all three of Silvani, McKay, and McGovern are out, I don't know how you can't not play Moore. It's going to be. Well, De conning's the one. It's going to be very interesting to see, even oh, I know it's a bit desperate, what, Hugh Goddard, at full forward? Oh, oh I'm yeah. not sure. Oh, how, I'm <laughs> not <laughs> sure either. I'm just putting it out well, there. But how much
2: worse can you get? Or maybe you put Goddard in the back line and throw Jones up forward. No,
0: no, no, no can't do that. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's just, he was really worrying today more. Maybe they will give him one more crack. I'm not sure. But <laughs> yeah, gee, <it'll> be <laughs> he might get very fortunate with the injury list building.
2: Yep, he definitely may. Uh Pete Rogers says, When is the last time Cripps had more uncontested possessions than contested possessions? This is a great result as others are now standing up.
0: Yeah, and it's and it's great that others are standing up, you know, because it's almost, you know, his, you know, sloppish, you know, last four or five weeks, Cripps has seen has made us see how good Setterfield and Walsh and all these guys have become. But um it's a fair question with the uncontested contested possessions. Uh, he just and he probably won't have many more games in his career where he gets more uncontested possessions just because teams just won't allow it, really.
2: No, I definitely agree. Uh, at Kandow 100 says, there were real holes in our forward line without Harry, Gov, and Charlie. If the Gov and Harry are out next week, who comes in and does the movement forward uh, change? Yeah, we've just and answered they are that three big forwards. So they it, are. It's, it's a real issue. It um, is. And they're all injury-prone as well, which it's just hurts. Very annoying. It definitely hurts. Uh Glenn J85 says, why does Cripps get shafted by the umpires every week?
0: Yeah, I've actually seen a video emerge on Twitter of him just being absolutely just assaulted at a stoppage, um, Cripps. And yeah, he does get double teamed, you know, like that. Um, it's very annoying because he, they, just, they actually just infringe his run at stoppages a lot of the time. So he does. But, you know, he's just got to be able to... He's just got to stay on his toes. And if he gets busy, it means his direct opponent's going to panic. And that's where that tug of the
2: jumper comes mm. in.
0: He just has to get busy at stoppages. Crips.
2: Uh, this one's come in from Jimmy Faz. He's got four questions. He says, one, why do they do this to me? Two, will I die by 35 because <laughs> of them? Three, why do I love them so much? And four, why do, I, why do they do this to me? My response to all four questions is the same I don't know I don't know why we do it and I don't know why this happened but you gotta love them because when we win it's sweeter than when you know I love to hate them it's just sweeter than anything else Uh, Brett Maximovich says love the show boys like you boys I didn't get Nune's role in the team I'm officially converted plays hard can sniff out a goal Callum Moore's a backup ruck over Levi I don't get it Uh, I actually want to step in here Bolt firstly thank you for the lovely comments um I, firstly as well, I'm converted. I do like the role that Nunes is playing. I was massive on getting him out of the team to see Lockie O'Brien earlier in the year, but he's now having a real impact for Carlton, and he's actually now, you know, when he hits the scoreboard, he's just, he's almost reliable in that position. You feel like he's going to kick the goal. Yep. So, yeah, I'm, I'm liking his role at the moment, and yeah, I I couldn't tell you why they put more into the ruck over Casbolt. They needed to get Casbolt involved, and especially in that second quarter... Uh, when Pitonet took a break, Moore spent a good five to ten minutes in the ruck, and they kicked three goals very quickly. Yeah. Very quickly, and he was too costly. You know,
0: I'm also part of
2: the Jack Nunes converters. Mm. Uh, Gabe Rafferty says, lads, what are your thoughts on SPS? He gives us so much when he's on, and I rate him highly. However, I think he needs a spell. as He just looks lost out there at the moment and not sure what's going on with him. It's an interesting one. Um, I haven't I, heard this take before. Yeah, to be I do like him, but I. Th- what was the
0: game? Was it? There was a game where a couple of weeks ago, I think it was where we had t- when we had Terry on after the Bulldogs win. I didn't think he was great. He thought he was, you know, played a really good game. Yeah. So yeah. he he is he is a really decide. It's you hard know, to interpret. He's, how he a, he's plays. a weird one, Sam Patresky Seaton. I, I, I think he's been okay. As in, I definitely don't think he should be playing in the twos. He's just going to make every. Because he's never going to be a big ball winner, Petreski. san I'm not sure what his numbers were today. He had,
2: uh, 16, I think.
0: Yeah, had 14. 14. And anyway, he he had 12 of those were kicks, which is exactly what you want Petreski Sen to be doing. You yep. want him to be distributing that ball, rebound 50s. Um, no, I think I'm happy
2: with Petreski san at the moment. Yep, uh, John Connell says, Is it time for Teague to publicly call out for Crips to be protect- protected by the umps? Um,
0: yeah, Maybe look. we should get Clarkson to do it for us because it yeah, might happen.
2: Yeah, exactly. Big Daddy Bag, I love the name by the way. Uh, is it? I think I said it last week. Is it worth playing noons at the expense of one of the kids who needs games? I mean, he's okay, but what he does well compared to his mistakes just isn't worth it for mine. It's an interesting take. Uh, and I think this is what we were all feeling at the beginning of the year. But, yeah, it, yeah uh, he, he has was, improved, and
0: he is, he does make himself very prone to big errors. Um, but no, he has to be in the team right now, Jack Nunes. Because I think
2: th- there's there's three things for mine that he brings that a youngster wouldn't. Yeah. The first one's experience. The second one's leadership. Yeah. And the third one is aggressiveness. He's a very aggressive player, and and you need that. You need to be aggressive. You need to be, uh, you know. You need to have that high intensity about you uh, yep. when you are out there, and I think he does. No, I am very on him at the moment. Yeah, I am very on Jack News, uh, Doctor <laughs> Doctor Doctor. Give me the news, uh, Julian. He says, "What's your total hospital bill from over the from over the years after all the heart attacks they've given us?" Oh, um, I, I, yeah. I, I
0: I actually always walk away from Carlton games saying that was exhausting because it is. It's mm. as if I am playing the game. Yeah, I am actually riding every not even every single disposal every single touch mm. of the ball it's crazy they are they do make it very hard to watch but they're four and four we're riding right it we're riding right
2: it yeah for sure adrian jasara he says how do we get that killer instinct and dominate shit teams again
0: yeah, and that's what they've got to work on. We've spoken about it. They have to work on being able to just bury games and bury games quickly when the game's there to be won. You know, Martin missed a big set shot in the third quarter. He missed two big ones, really, Martin. Martin
2: was down today. I, I
0: thought it was actually Martin's worst game at Carlton today. He
2: Really? Even worse than St Kilda? No, I thought, no. He was really good Sorry, at that not game. St. Kilda. It, was
0: Essendon. Not, not, it was Essendon. Essendon, I mean, not yeah, St Kilda. It was not Essendon. But I think with Martin, there were two instances in the third quarter or maybe the second quarter where he. Tried to take Mark of the Year, mm. and he gave away free kicks at both of them. And I think one of them, Casbot, Mark. It's just little things like that. I just and he missed two big set shots, Mark. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Very no. It might have even been three big set
2: shots. Well, he definitely I he missed, missed. I think he missed two, and then one on the run. Yeah, no, no, he missed two. It was two. He missed two. It was just very frustrating. No, I do agree. Uh, a couple more people. Stephen Pace. He's asking what we do uh, if McGovern and Moore are out next yeah, week. I'm not sure. It's going to
0: be very look. He's going to earn his pay this week.
2: The next one's come in from at EU underscore A-N underscore me, eu An Morton, I think. Cunners and Kennedy discuss, Crips to play mainly forward for the next few weeks, question mark. No, nah, I still think we need him in the midfield. I actually thought he was playing pretty well up until halftime, to be honest. Yeah, I think he was as well. I when he gets he- the ball, he's still inventive with it.
0: Yeah, um, no, I thought he was playing good game. Then he just got really bruised and battered. He barely did anything after halftime. Yeah, no, nah, you're still going to have him on the ball for me.
2: So, just quickly, I have to mention this man. I'm sorry, we're taking a, a split-second break from these Twitter questions. We've got Sidney Hawthorne on in the background. We've just seen the Papley running goal. Tom Papley is just tremendous, and he can have our first... Uh, you can have two first rounds and two second rounds. Just throw bring the, him over. Uh, Terry Degani, disappoint. he's big on it. Hashtag free Papley, <laughs> free him, <laughs> bring him home. Uh, the next question coming in from RJ. He says, "Don't think more looked up to it. I think we'd have to agree with that." RJ James Van Usten. He says, "If Mitch McGovern had not have gone down with an injury, would we be on the chopping? Would he, sorry, be on the chopping block next no. week? Three no. to four players in a row. He fumbled." could have ended up costing us dearly. I love the Gov, so I mm. like
0: seeing him in the 22.
2: No, I definitely do agree. Braden Spear says, who goes out when Charlie Curnow eventually returns? You can't keep them all in. It's an yeah, interesting one. And that's why I love saying Charlie Kerno on the ball. We're a year away from that, so yeah, I think we I, think, we'll, I to... think we've got enough issues for
0: this coming week yes. you know, in terms of seeing how... We don't have enough tools at the moment. Forget yes. about trying to fit them all in. I do we agree. just need some.
2: Now, just a couple things I want to point out before we end the show today. Firstly, Mark Pitternet, Now, yes. last week, yes. Mr. Worldwide. World Mr. Worldwide. Mr. Worldwide. Mr. Worldwide is back. Last week, he got absolutely smacked. He got smacked by Peter Adams. He came out this week and won the Ruck Contest against Todd Goldstein. I thought he won it. Did, do you yes, agree? He just
0: nullified Goldstein.
2: He's probably, you know, the, the, the informed Ruckman of the comp. He had the six clearances and the three inside 50s. Goldstein only had the three clearances and no inside 50s. I didn't think Goldstein had an impact. No, he didn't. And he missed that
0: horrible shot in the first quarter. Pittennet yep. was fabulous. And that's all he had to do. Just compete and nullify yep. a player who's better than him.
2: Absolutely outstanding. Uh, David Cunningham kicking that goal. That rectified his miss last week against Port Adelaide. Because that cost us that game But that goal almost won us this game Massive goal Massive goal And he nearly kicked another one afterwards That would have been cream on the top of the cake Massive goal, he needed to do it Uh, Just, I mean, we've spoken about all this But Jack Nunes was fantastic Lockie Plowman Just want to say about Plowman Not only has he been outstanding the last three weeks But he's been tremendous in the big moments Like big moments when we're under the fire And the ball gets, like, kicked in the defensive 50, he just finds it. About, I think it was
0: about two minutes ago in the last quarter, the ball was on the far half forward flank and Mm. we're seven points up and he just did this paddle where he kind of changed the direction of the ball and got it back onto our side of the contest. Just a little, now he's, look, once again, I'm a ploughman knocker but he's playing really good footy.
2: No, he definitely is. Bolt, another week, another win. We're four and four, knocking on the door. (sighs) Who knows what will happen this year? Will we where, go over to Perth next week? Yes, we're joining a hub in Perth with Hawthorne. Then we've got the bye, and then we've got the Eagles and the Dockers. What's a pass mark for you? Do you have to win two? If you don't win two, it's a fail. Yeah, we've got
0: to be six. I think we have to be six. Freo's going to be tough. It's Freo on their home deck. Mm. We did it last year. It's going to be tough. So I'd six love... Six and
2: five, you're not I'd confining. love to be six
0: and five coming out of that WA hub.
2: And we've got a fairly favourable draw after that, you'd think. Yeah, got, got to, get, got to, got to yeah, win. I two can't of the wipe next three. the smile off your face got right now. Got to win now. two of the next three. <laughs> no, I definitely do agree. Oh, they had to win today. They, God. Had to, they had to. And as I said, that's the difference between the new Carlton and the old Carlton, who would have lost that every week of the year. Bluebaggers, thank you so much for sticking around till the end of the show. It's always a longer edition when we win because there's just so much to talk about so appreciate you sticking around till the end We look forward to doing it again next week and bolt go the blues go let the everyone blues. know about it get your cult and face masks, wear your scarves, wear your caps, your beanies it's winter just show your colors and get around the blue boys been playing
0: against the famous Old dark. Blues.